Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Our community is a fierce collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as a community of smart, capable, and powerful women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm Grace Moores, also from Revolution Her and your co-host. Today, we're going to be talking about the power habits to navigate tough times. And we are super excited to kick off our first ever podcast with the always inspiring Jessica Jansen. Now, before we start, we'd love to catch up with you. It's been a while since we've been able to be face-to-face. So here we are, voice-to-voice. And you might be wondering, why now? Why a podcast? And actually, we realized, Grace and I, that we actually tried to do this before it was super cool to have a podcast nine years ago. Yeah, 2013. (laughs) Sorry, keep jumping in over each other. Yeah, 2013, we recorded... I think it was only two episodes, but it was um, it was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we'll get a few more than two out of this one. <laughs> well, and our goal really is to just be reconnected with all of you. We want to be able to share some inspiring stories with you and help you continue to persevere, which actually ties perfectly into our theme for this month, perseverance and resilience. This has been, let's just say, a crazy couple years for all of us. And so we really wanted to kick things off with our very first podcast and the very first month of our podcast by talking about these strengths and figuring out new ways that we could all collectively work together and move forward. At the end of each episode, uh, we're going to leave you with a nugget of inspiration to help you stay accountable and take you through the next few weeks until we release our next podcast. So Grace is going to talk about feedback. Yeah. So we would love your feedback. So the idea of this podcast is that it is interactive. So we would love your feedback, your comments. Um, If you have any questions, please reach out to us. You can contact us either through our uh, through email or through our Facebook group, Revolution Her Club, um, and put your questions in there. And we would gladly uh, answer them and talk about them on our next episode. Okay. So we're just going to go right into it. We're going to dive in because we have so much to talk about with our incredible guests today. And like Grace mentioned, we're talking about power habits for navigating through tough times. So I have the distinct pleasure to introduce our guest today. Jessica Jansen is a motivational speaker, a published author, and a serialpreneur. She and her husband are the founders of the Love for Lewiston Foundation, impacting lives nationwide, and supporting critical research and medical needs for families fighting spinal muscular atrophy. To date, they've raised over a million dollars. Jessica loves dreaming really big, always with a daily focus to run towards the roar. And she has one of the best smiles and giggles <laughs> ever. So please help me welcome Jess. I picture myself like running on stage and being like, woo, 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 woo. but instead we're here stuck to headphones back in virtual, but I'll take it. We'll take it too. It is so good to see you and we are thrilled to have you. I didn't even tell you that you were our first podcast. I was just like, come on, come join us. So thank you so much for being our very first ever guest. It's an honor. I'm so excited. I'm going to set the bar really freaking high. So whoever (laughs) comes after his guest, like buckle up y'all because I'm bringing my A game. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 
<laughs> All right. So let's dive right in. Grace, go for it. Oh, I'm doing the first question. Okay. Yeah. So today we're talking about power habits to navigate through tough times, as we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Um, can you share us, share with us a little bit about your journey and what led you to where you are today? Yeah, I'm going to condense this really short. And then if people want full details, they can go and purchase my book. That's a really good hook right there. They can get all the details. But, um, you know, I've lived this incredible life. I moved to Calgary uh, over 15 years ago. I'm from um, a small town in a, just west of Winnipeg. My parents farm there. I had 300 bucks, picked it up. I was young, single, and able, like no other particular reason other than I felt I needed to change. And I built a life for myself here in Calgary. And like most of us, you know, dream of marriage and kids and a career and all of it. Um, always been super motivated. Met my husband. Uh, we worked together. When we met each other, we thought, um, I thought he was a pompous a-hole and he thought I was a stuck-up B. And um, God had other plans for our lives. And so we fast became friends and then friends led to a marriage. We will be married nine years this year. And in our journey of working together, being married together, we started our family. Uh, you know, I was told by doctors, they most likely wouldn't be able to have kids. I had a ton of hormone issues, endometriosis. I never had a regular period. And so when we started thinking about family life, you know, we're like, let's give ourselves a two or three week or two or three year lead time. And uh, we got pregnant by looking at each other, essentially. And that's unfortunately not the case for most um women out there, but that was our, our blessing. And so we had a daughter. And then shortly after she arrived, when she was four months old, we found out we had another babe. And uh, nine months after that, he came into the world fast and furious. And so I had two babies uh, within 13 months of each other. I remember walking into the hospital and being like, me again, we was just here. Yes, I remember this all too well. Let's get this done. <laughs> And uh, what we didn't know to be um, something that we would face was that our son at two and a half months old would be diagnosed with a rare genetic disease called spinal muscular atrophy. And that was back in 2016. And unfortunately, in 2016, um, there was no cure. There was no treatments. There was no hope. Um, When they delivered that news to us at the Alberta Children's Hospital after a series of testing and, you know, coming up with, you know, could it be Lyme disease or, you know, could it be a bacterial infection? We were like, come on, let it be a deficiency in vitamins and we'll just pump them full of vitamins. Um, When they delivered that news, they said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. Um, our role will just be to keep him comfortable. And we don't expect he'll make his first birthday. And so that um, blew up our lives. And so we fought really hard. My husband and I made a pact and we said, if he fights, we fight. But when he doesn't have fight, um, we're going to recognize that and be okay to let him go. And if there's parents on this podcast, it was uh, the hardest uh, thing we had to do as a couple in terms of you know trying desperately to keep our son alive. Uh, access clinical trials and treatments, and then also navigate what was the best for him and our lives. And so uh, shortly after that diagnosis, I mean, it went really quick at um, six months old, he passed away at the Rotary Flames Hospice, which is attached to the Alberta Children's Hospital. And um, that forever changed the course of our lives. Oh, okay. I'm going to pause you there because I know there's more to the story, but I you know, for those who are listening and, you know, if you've not met Jess, you know that this woman just exudes light. And so just to be sharing that part of your story is already so incredibly powerful because here you are sharing it. And, you know, I'm sure there were times where you would think, 
how could I ever come back from this? Um, mm-hmm. So I just thank you so much for being here with us today to share. And if you're not, you can't see us, but we're all, <laughs> we're, we're all a disaster here. So I had to text her nanny. I was like, I don't have tissue in my office. Can you bring me a box? Um, but what I will say, I think as we talk about tough times is um, as much as that was the toughest thing, um, my husband and I also choose to believe that it was absolutely the best thing that ever happened to us. And so um, it might sound really messed up for you on the other end uh, of the ear pods where you're listening to this or headphones or in your car, wherever it is. But we chose and we continue to choose to look at the passing of our son as truly a, a launching pad for really waking up and starting to live intentionally and to create some change. And so we often say that we use pain as, as rocket fuel. And I will tell you, in the midst of it, in you know the last weeks of his life and in fighting with doctors and trying to get clinical trials and all that, it wasn't welcomed. We weren't like, yeah, we got this every day. Like we're chipper and, you know, toxic positivity. You know, we were ripped apart. We were angry. We were hurting the grief, you know, almost tore us apart as a married couple. We've had to do a ton of work on our marriage and on how we parent and navigate all of that. But we've learned so much in it and it stretched us and it grew us. And so what I know to be true is that the tough times are preparing you, they're developing you, they're shaping your character. And it's easy for me to say that now because I'm five years out and I don't feel like the world is suffocating on me. I don't feel like I'm drowning. Um, And I've worked really hard. My husband's worked really hard to be in this spot today. And it feels amazing that we can wake up and say, this is how our story is. Now, would I be like, raise my hand and be like, I'll play Victor, like, yes, we'll be the family where a kid dies and we'll share a story and raise, you know, we're at $1.3 million. Thank you very much. In less than five years, you know, I wouldn't choose that. I wouldn't be the one at the front, you know, um, like Katniss Everdeen, but here we are. And I think a huge part of the tough times is like, do you choose to deny it? Or do you choose to radically accept it? And in the thousands of dollars that I've spent in therapy and on life coaching, I've chosen to radically accept it. And that's been the launching pad in living a full and abundant life where I don't stay stuck in why me, why is this happening? We flip the question and our family learns to ask, okay, so now what? And the, so now what is that powerful piece to navigate the tough times? Yes, everybody, you have to read the book. It's so powerful. And just to hear your journey and to go through it, there's so much more to that in the book, which I I absolutely loved and I would love to bring that back in terms of that resilience and and how you did deal with with everything that you went through to and accept all those feelings of anger and frustration and that 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 hard hard process of just acknowledging what we what you were going through every chapter in the book you talk about there's a bit at the end where you have the nudge, the choice, and the joy. I'd, I'd love to, for you to expand a bit more on, on that. Yeah, I wish I could take credit. I don't remember. I think it was one of my girlfriends, Heather, but I can't remember. But somewhere along the writing process of me wanting to share this book that I wrote, I had had it on my heart for forever. And it really originally was like wanting to tell my love story with my husband because it was like, our love story is going to be made into the next Nicholas Sparks movie. I'm still holding out for that. So Nicholas <laughs> Sparks and Paramount Pictures or somebody with lots of money that wants to produce a movie, I'm all in. But um, the book kind of changed, you know, obviously as our circumstance changed with Lewiston and the message 
that I wanted to share and realizing I feel so many people are lacking joy. And in navigating the death of my son, we found abundant joy. And I believe you can bring joy to death, even though it's scary and hard and challenging. I believe you can bring joy to the worst of circumstances. And so this was a way that at the end of each chapter, I felt like we could summarize kind of what I had worked through and how I figured that out because um, the biggest blessings, the most amount of joy is when we follow the nudges. And often we're scared because we're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. I can't just quit my job and start a business. Or, um, you know, I want to launch this project, project and you've got these ideas, but then we get into our own heads and we talk ourselves out of it. And when you're like, oh yeah, remember that time I took the chance? Oh yeah, I had that idea. And even to this day, I get texted often. It's like, how did you know that um, you needed to text me? Or why did you show up and drop this off? Or why did you send that email? And I respond back every time I said, I was just following the nudge that God put on my heart. And I think we all have them. You can attribute them to whoever is, is your person, your thing. Um, but I just, it's like, there's a nudge and I always act on it because every time I know there's a blessing in it and I don't do it for the blessing. I do it because I know that that's how I was created. And so at the end of each chapter, we talk about the nudge and then the choice that you get, which is, is like, what is that? You do have a choice. That's the perspective. That's how you make movement. That's how you move forward. And then it equates back to the joy. And I, I read this when I, I happened to open it up, but it's on page 104. Are you okay if I share this? We'll give them a teaser. Book. Yeah. yeah. So the, the nudge that I wrote here, it says, when we're knocked off our feet from circumstances that are beyond our control, we can feel helpless, confused, and like everything is ruined. It's so tempting to hold on to what once was, what used to be, because then you can sit in the pity and the nostalgia instead of actually doing something. When the nudge comes to get up and shake yourself off, I encourage you to follow it. Rise up, my friend, rise up and then do it again and again and again, because finding joy is never a one and done opportunity. This is life. And I have learned that in the rising is where we get stronger. And so you have the choice to stand up when you've been knocked down. And that takes courage and perseverance. Even though you won't feel like carrying on most days, it is important to keep getting things done. When we choose to stand up and dust ourselves off, that's when we grow. That's when we expand our capacities. We reach our potential. Getting back up again and again, we getting back up helps you believe in your own worth because you're acting out of worthiness. And so the joy, joy comes when you look back and you see how far you've come. When you circle back and say, this is where I got knocked down, but I also, this is where I got back up and I'm so much stronger than when I was back there. Continue to rise up. Trust me. It's so worth it. Oh, I love it. And I love how you, it, you're not trying to hide all the, the, the bad stuff or the bad feelings and all the, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's about accepting that. But then that movement, we, you talk about that movement a, a lot in the book of, and it could be physical movement. It could be that mental step. It could be just getting up out of bed, but you, you talk about that and it's, it's, and it can be small things. It doesn't have to be huge, big momentous steps that you're taking. It's, it can be a very small thing. So I, I really loved that in the book. I thought that was very well done. So page 104, you said, right? It, it yeah, is. page 104. And, okay. So, and we haven't said the title of the book, but in case you weren't sure, I'm going to put it up in screen to mm -hmm. bring the joy. Um, it is, you know, how following the nudges of your heart leads to an abundant life. It really is a fantastic read. And I love that you mentioned the love story with your husband because you haven't mentioned his name yet, but Hot Ronnie comes up a yes. lot. <laughs> 
So my husband's nickname for anyone listening and is not familiar with our family. Um, at the funeral, I told the story of how um, we came to be kind of together as a couple. And it was my business mentor that was trying to get me to work for this company. And it like fell apart. And then an amazing opportunity came up again. And I remember him saying, oh, yeah, there's a super hot guy. His name's Ronnie. Like you could work with hot Ronnie. And I was like, oh, whatever. And there was two guys' pictures on the wall. And when I went in for my interview, I was like, did he say Ronnie or Rex? Because hot Ronnie was hot and Rex was like way older and not hot. And um, after I told that story, people were like nudging my husband, like, oh, hot Ronnie. And now we're in the restaurant business, but he'll be at our sandwich shop or helping out. And people are like, oh my gosh, hot Ronnie's going to make my sandwich or whatever. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know a single dude that wouldn't want to be called hot something. And part yeah. of that is giving me eyes that see him in that manner. Because when I look at him like that, it changes our relationship and our dynamic. And so I encourage everyone to call their partner, hot Bob or hot Frank or hot Charlie, whatever, whoever you're married to hot Ryan, (laughs) but um, Ronnie's known for it now. And I think as a nickname, he's very happy with it. He's okay with it. Well, you know what, that's a good for those of us out there that, you know, are front facing for their businesses. That's a great way to get your husband or partner on board, right? Just Uh I'm a pretty good nickname. I love it. Yeah. Um, So I want to steer a little bit. You talked about, you know, we're we're on the subject of Ronnie and um, you talk a little bit in your book about the pack, right? And asking for help. Obviously, accepting help is always a really hard issue for so many women. Um, we love that you dedicated a whole chapter to it. And you really dive into this idea of the pack notion and really having this community around you. Do you want to mm-hmm. share a little bit about that and give some tips to our listeners? Yeah. I mean, first off, whoever's listening, because I feel like you need to hear this, like stop being stuck in shame and guilt for wanting to ask for help. Like, I will say if I get an award when I die, it will be that she was the queen of accepting help. Like literally now I'm walking onto the, to the car with the groceries and like, do you need a handout? You know, all of us are like, no, no, we're good. And then you're trying to get out to the car and your keys are dropping in the snow and you're frustrated. And then something else, your purse drops. So you're trying to get into, like, I'm like, they offered you the help and you just didn't take it. Like, are you stupid? And I, I don't mean that to be, you know, discounting you. But it's like when people offer help, why do are we so resistant to accepting? And we make a story up in our head that says, oh, I'm not capable. I'm not worthy. I should be able to do this. Why can't I do it on my own? And I'm like, this is the BS that women tell themselves all the freaking time. And then you wonder why stuff doesn't get done or you wonder why you're still struggling or you haven't moved the needle on the project. And it's like, I am the queen. Like literally my favorite thing to do is, is like, if I need help, I get onto Instagram. And I'm like, hello, everyone. It's me here. I need help with a Google Excel sheet. I do not know. And I could Google some of this stuff yet. This is a bad example, but you get the picture. <laughs> where I'm just like, hey, it's me. I have no idea how to fill, figure out this formula. Or, hey, I need someone to do data entry. Or, hey, could da da da. Or, does someone have a contact to this? And then you know what Love happens? It. 10 times out of 10, there's people being like, oh my gosh, let me help you. Because inside of us, I know what to be true is people like helping people. It's part of what feels good. And I love serving. Like an example is my girlfriend's going through chemo right now. She's got 12 rounds. She's on round five. And the way that we could step up was I was like, Jody, I'm just going to take care of your meal train. Like, this is what I'm doing. She's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm still able to play tennis and, you know, on, on the week right before I go and I should be able to cook. And 
And I'm like, do you hear the should? I should be able to. But yeah, yeah, guess what? The week you do chemo, you feel like garbage and you're barfing your brains out and you have a fever of 106. So just take the damn help and stop telling yourself a story that doesn't serve you. And so now I feel empowered because I'm like, people are like, I'm so glad I got to volunteer on this project. I'm glad I could help push you over the finish line. I have a contact. And I just want to encourage women everywhere. Accepting help doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you're smart and strategic and it gives you the power, the push to continue on and take the next step. So I'm like, my husband's like, you get people to help you all the time. It drives him crazy. He's like, I don't even get how you get people to help you, but I'm the queen of it. And I will own it until my deathbed because they lighten the load for me. I love it. That's great. That's yeah. really good because you're right. Society, women, even the pandemic, it's trying to make us all so much more independent. We're not allowed to see everyone. We have to do everything ourselves. So it's like we have to, we have to let go of this. Um, I don't I, know. I, almost we, like a we, martyr, like yes. a, right? You were yeah. victimhood. So here's a prime example. You're like, oh gosh, my week's so full and my childcare just bailed. What am I going to do? Your best friend calls and she's like, oh my gosh, let me take Hollis for you. No, no, no. I, I couldn't do that to you. But she's offered. She's offered. Yeah. So why wouldn't I take her up? And now when my, one of my besties calls is like, yeah, Tan, I'm dropping him off. I'll have him there by nine. Thank you so much. You're a, a million times lifesaver. Yeah. Boom, click, done. And I don't tell myself a story that doesn't serve me. My best friend's in a spot where she has a little guy, same age, and she'd be happy to have him play. But yeah. instead we're like, no, 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 I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll do it on my own. I got it. It's fine. And then for the rest of the day, we just spin our wheels and we're like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I can't get anything done. My childcare canceled. And it's like, yeah, no wonder why your life's a train wreck because you're not accepting help. Yeah. Well, this brings us perfectly actually onto our next question, which is about balancing life. And, you you know, if we're not asking for help, we're trying to do it all ourselves. So how do we balance it? And in the book, you actually, I'll let you explain the the term that you use, but um, for for managing life and, and, and work and everything. But um, I'd like you also to expand on seasons. You talk about seasons a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The seasons analogy for me helped me come to peace with a lot of stuff in my life because I f- you feel pulled in different, a million different directions. And um, one question I get asked all the time is like, so what do you do? You know, someone meets me for the first time, whatever. And I was like, yo, give me an hour of the day and then I'll tell you. <laughs> my life is, is, it's several facets. I've built it to be really full. I built it to be exactly how I want it to be, but it's a lot. It's not for everyone. God gifted me with a ton of energy. So I, I don't take that lightly. I use it well. And part of this of like describing like where we're trying to go and what this looks like. And my life doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And often I feel pulled in a certain direction and then I'm over here. And I think us as moms and working women can feel that way. And you see those memes where they're like, okay, so I'm supposed to shop organic, make sure my kids have zero screen time, you know, do 17 hours of tutoring, have all the meals homemade and, you know, have the laundry done and the house perfect and the car clean and da, 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 da. And you're like, what? It just doesn't work like that. It doesn't so- though. No, it's insane. And so we call it, I mean, this is where I think it really came from now that I'm thinking about it. We call it Lewiston season. So my son passes away. We decide not to have a pity party. We host his birthday party. On his birthday, we raise a butt ton of money. We charge overpriced tickets. We make you buy alcohol. Then we make you bid on a bunch of amazing prizes and party and sing happy birthday and confetti cannons go off. It's one of our favorite days of the year as a family. 
Um, and in that, it's really full. Like literally you can't walk in my house because I have silent auction prizes piled up. You can't walk in my garage because there's more silent auction. Oh. You know, I don't cook the two weeks leading up to that event and I don't beat myself up over it. We know those two weeks are crazy. So we're ordering takeout every night or we're, you know, meal prepping. And it's like, well, we're having tuna sandwiches again, kids, because that's what we have capacity for. And where I think we get stuck is we, again, tell ourselves something that doesn't serve us. And so instead of being like, I'm the worst mom, all I've done is do takeout and my kids had McDonald's two days in a row. It's like, no, this is Lewiston season. We're in it. And it looks like this. And then guess what? The rest of the year we eat healthy and home cooked meals and everything's good. And we're not running at this pace. Okay. So the month of May looks crazy. The month of June looks crazy. And I think when you can accept your circumstances and stop denying and questioning, I think that's how we find the release and the peace to be like, oh, this is the season we're in. The season we're in, it's full. It's busy. Our house is chaotic because I love my house. It's peaceful. I know where everything is. There's spots. But in Lewiston season, that blows up and it's two months of my life. And then come July 1, it all goes back to normal and I can breathe. And I think we think that our life looks like this, like it's a teeter-totter. And I, my, mom's, uh, my mom and dad have a neighbor down the road and they had this teeter-totter. It was yellow. And so this is the analogy because I can picture it. Like, you know how a little bit of the wood, um, like the paint is chipped off the wood and it's yes. a little bit uncomfortable. So you have to hold on. And the, it's like <laughs> one of those like kind of janky ones. And I picture being on that as a little girl when you and like your best friend would be on it and you're trying to keep it perfectly balanced. But it's like, you can't move because you're like, okay, don't move. Okay. We've got this. Don't move. Don't move. And it's like, okay, right. So now you can't move. So you're actually not living because you're so paralyzed in keeping this equilibrium where it's all just flowing, but this is life. It's going to go up and down and up and down. And when I thought about that and being like, it's not always going to be perfectly balanced. That gave me the peace I needed to stop letting go that it always had to be perfect every day. And so there's a season now where I'm not pouring my heart and soul in every minute into one area of my business. It's this is, there's a different focus. And then it ramps up again in a different season. And I think, you know, even with our kids as having peace as a mom, if I have a week where I have to put in a lot of hours and I have long days, I don't tell myself I'm a bad mom. I'm a shitty mom. I'm like, Hey, this was one week. Now, if my life stays like that, then you got to ask yourself some questions, but my husband and I will be like, okay, this is the week where you got to work late nights and you've got some meetings. No problem. I've got it. And because we have this open communication and we don't tell ourselves something, it's like, Hey, this is this week. And that's all it is. And that for me was the peace and release that I needed to be able to find some freedom in my mental thoughts and how I showed up. That's that awesome. Totter. Okay. That teeter totter, just the way you said back and forth like that. And it's, it's ne- I've never heard anyone term it that way. And it is actually perfect. It actually, it drives me insane that people even think there could be balance and there should be balance. There's not right. So yeah. I love that you share that in such a beautiful and and visual way that we can all understand so that because I think we've all at one point been on a teeter-totter trying to balance it and you know you can do it for a minute or two maybe right but then it's like I want to but what about over there and it's like you turn your attention somewhere else and then it goes poof and so I think that's a really powerful thing for us as moms women business owners to just gain some peace and say oh yeah it's okay this is just a season oh yeah I'm just ebbing and flowing here that's okay I'm I'm right where I need to be today 
Yeah. It's incredible. I remember, yeah, when Vivian Kay, we had a, a conversation with Vivian Kay before and she talked about juggling the balls in the air and how some of them are made of glass and some of them are made of plastic. And so yeah. as long as you can keep the glass ones in the air, the plastic ones will bounce and you can pick them back up again. So it's... Um, <laughs> Whatever way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So before we get to our closing section, we're going to go through some rapid fire questions um, Bring it with you. <laughs> um, we wanted to just also make sure we let people know how they can connect with you because there's obviously so much we can talk about. You know, the books that you've written is beautiful in that you do talk about the seasons, the grief, the, mm -hmm. the anger, the frustration, but how to come out of it. Um, so the final question before we head into rapid fire is number one, how can people stay connected with you? But also, what are those power habits that really, like, what are three, like, if you had to go every day, what are three things you do for yourself from the minute you wake up that help you get through, whether it's a good season, a crazy season, um, mm -hmm. whatever those are for you? Can you share those? Yeah. And these are going to sound so lame. Like, you're going to be like, what? Like, so brace yourself wherever you're listening to this. You're like, that's it. But I'm like, I was writing this down because it's like, we got to make sure we actually give them a habit that they can do. And I think it's different for everyone. But when I distill it down to what really works and what's helped me like achieve, I would say a high level of success, raising $1.3 million, launching a book, um, you know, having it be an Amazon bestseller. There's all these incredible goals that I'm not afraid to talk about because they're great milestones that I've worked really hard for. But the very first thing would be having an evening routine. We always talk about morning routines, but I, mm -hmm. I an evening routine and evening rituals, your nighttime rituals are so key because we don't usually have control of the nine to five. As we all know, it blows up, meeting gets canceled, kid gets sick, whatever. But at nighttime, it's very rare that, you know, someone is showing up at your door at 9.30 or 10 at night. Like this right. is when I'm making my cup of tea. This is when I'm reviewing how I need to show up. This is when I'm making that list and getting str strategic. This is when I'm winding down and filling up my cup. I'm doing a quick tidy around the house. So I encourage you one habit is find an evening ritual that works for you. And I, we're going to be giving, I think, some tools and great things. And I will include yes. my nighttime routine checklist of little things that I do. And then I'd say, print off this list that we give you and then tweak it for yourself of where you need to go. And so where you know your energy is going, because when I wake up, I now have a better sense of where I'm going and I'm not like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. Um, the second thing is, is I make my bed every day and lots of people talk about it, but it helps me have a sense of accomplishment. And uh, for me, it's inner, um, so it's outer order, inner calm. And I feel best when I have an environment that reflects that. And part of that is just that habit of having a space that like I walk in and it doesn't stress me out. I walk in and I find peace. And when I go to bed at night, I'm not like, oh, there's clothes everywhere. This room's a disaster. Like, no, it's like wanders in the bin. The clothes are hung up. And there's this ongoing joke. I, for years, we have very small closets in our house. Blessed be, I love our home, but the closets are small. So it'd always be like two or three items. And this year, my intention was no beds, no items on the end of our bed. And even that just makes me that much more peaceful when I wind down that I'm not irritated, like, oh, there's still something to put away. And I love that. It's really helpful. And then lastly, my morning routine, if I could, and all of the things that I do, I function best when I've journaled in the morning. I take pen to paper. There's no magic formula. I do a little bit of Rachel Hollis's practice, which was five gratitude and writing out your dreams. I love that piece. But the biggest thing is, is that all of the BS that's swirling around up here that makes sense to nobody else but me. <laughs> 
it gets put on paper. And I write it as a prayer. I write it as a cry for help. I, I write up my ideas. And just that release of getting all of the mumbo jumbo that's up here onto a distilled thing. It, it's not like it has a plan to fix it, but it helps me you get 60,000 thoughts in your brain. This is a scientific known fact. Just helps me kind of distill and work through those. And that piece, I just feel I can be that much more focused, organized, strategic for the day ahead because the nine to five brings the shit storms. You get the interruptions. It doesn't go how you have planned, even if you're the best calendar organizer in the world. And those things have really leveraged me to a new level. And walking through the grief, hanging on to those habits helped ensure I could get out of bed the next day helped me say, okay, even though this is really hard, I'm still going to make a small step forward. Oh, we can do those things. Outer mm-hmm. order, inner calm. I just, I had to write that down because that really, that's, that really that's spoke. Great. That's Gretchen Rubin. She has a book on it and I encourage it. It's a great uh, audible. She's amazing. She's um, the four tendencies, which is another really great book by her. Yes. But just that saying for me, it's like outer order, inner calm, like environment plays such a big piece in how we show up and how we function and how we feel. So that's massive for me. Huge. So, and, and we promised all of uh, anyone watching, listening, we promised everyone that, you know, we will end with nuggets. We want you guys to be able to keep yourselves accountable. So these are really great attainable ideas that, you know, if you don't know where to start, I love that you shared those. So nighttime routine, daytime mm-hmm. routine, making mm-hmm. your bed. Those are really accomplishable, powerful things that can happen. They're so thank free. You for sharing. They're free. They're free. Yes. Like you're, you're not buying some new thing. It's just like, just start Let's and do it. it. James clear. It's just a 1% shift. So don't expect everything to get perfect all tomorrow and all your habits just dialed in. Just shift the needle 1% because at the end of the year, the compound interest of that 1% shift that's where you see the magic. It doesn't happen on day two or yes. day 10 or day 30. It's like, oh, look at, we, wow, one, 1% shift actually really compounded and added up. So just stay the course and be patient with yourself. It's going to come. <laughs> yeah. All right, Grace, you're going to kick off some rapid fire. Oh, we got yeah. a, we got some good ones for you. We ready, have. Okay. Ready. Are you ready? Yeah. What's your word of the year? Do you have one? Action. Ooh, good one. Okay. What would your theme song be? Uh, it's Justin Timberlake, Can't Stop the Feeling, because Lou taught me to move, and that was joy in the crazy, and it's still to this day. Everyone who knows us, that's our song, and that song comes on, we bust it out, and we dance, and I think if we all dance more, we'd be more joyful people. Yes. Love it. Okay, the Olympics are coming up. So if you were an Olympian, what would your sport be? What would you be, be competing in? Winter or summer? Uh, let's do winter. Winter's coming up. I would winter Olympics. That is, I I would have zero fear and I would be a snowboarder on the half pipe and do like crazy flips and stuff. I can't even do that now. I'd poop my pants, but that's in the dream world. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, In the quiet moments, where does your mind wander to? Thankfulness. Gratitude. I have a really amazing life. I have the best husband, amazing kids. Um, uh, a house that is a home that people feel welcome in. And um, it goes to gratitude because um, we've worked really hard for this. It didn't just, it didn't just land in our laps and we're daily showing up to build a life we love. And when I look at it, I'm filled with gratitude saying, wow, I'm really powerful. This is, it's never fast enough. I was like, why did this happen seven years ago where I want this? <laughs> or, How come I haven't got my next book deal? 
But when I distill it down, I love that my brain will default towards gratitude, gratitude for breath in my lungs, gratitude that my heart's still beating. I get to go again. I don't get it right. Oh my gosh. Like, my gosh, I have so many mistakes and dumb things. And when I'm through some of the dumb things, I will proudly share them, but I'm still in the dumb things. So I'm not going to share just yet, <laughs> but I'm just reminded, like my story's not done. I get that. So it's like breath in my lungs, a beating heart. You fill with gratitude. You just go again. And it's like, I know my story is far from done. So until then, I'm just going to keep showing up. Oh, I you're so inspiring. And I love that your story's not done. None of our stories are done. Today, this struggle, this whatever it is that's holding you down, is this is not your story. You are not done. So you have to keep going and you have to just take that small step and get back up mm-hmm. again. You have been so inspiring today. I have loved listening to you. I loved the book. Um, the book is available at revolutionhair.com. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a little while. But just thank you so much for today. I, it's been a pleasure to, to speak <laughs> with you and, and hear you. So thank you very much. It's been. And just can I just say from the laughs to the cries to the like, I just feel like, you know what? It's incredible to think that we've never been in a room together mm. because we haven't. And I, I just know. know when that yeah. happens. Just, I'm a hugger. You're a hugger. Oh, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, I, cause you, how tall are you? Five, five. See, I know that I'm going to squeeze you and I'm going to pick you up and do a little twirl. <laughs> like I just brace yourself for it. Cause I can feel that. But this is the thing you and I had plans and we're like, okay, we're going to do this event and Always. this is going to happen. And then, but in that, I feel we've developed a great friendship and they were, before yes. we went live, you're just sharing some of your goals and dreams. And it's like, yes, it's like, let's cheer <laughs> each other on. Like it's, yeah. there's so much goodness out there. And yeah. so I would say to you, wherever you're at, if you're struggling, if you're navigating a tough season, look for the joy starters, look for the good, be willing to accept the help because that's where the beauty lies. That's how you get through the tough stuff. And my favorite quote, it says, it's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it. And so what I've learned to do is to carry the load and to ask for help. And that means allowing other people to help carry my load. And so don't stay stuck in the tough times, you know, gain tools that will help you navigate through it. Oh my gosh, Jess, thank you. Okay. We need people to know where to find you to learn more and to stay connected with you. Where do you want them to go? So best is just jessicajansen.ca. Um, I do not own.com. We're trying to figure that out, but I don't own it. But Jessica Jansen, Jansen is with a Z.ca. And then Instagram is my one social media platform of choice. That's all I have time for that I spend it. I'm on LinkedIn, LinkedIn a little bit and trying to uh, make carve out more time for that. But that is just a symptom of managing my schedule well. And then my book can be found on my website, on your website, on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble and Audible. And love if you it. do read it and you love it, don't be afraid to rate it and review it. That helps me as a um, local author to Canada who self-published her book. Um, that helps us be seen. And the goal is to write another, um, but not to pay $90,000 to do it. So we're waiting on a really big book <laughs> deal. So if you loved it and it moved you, send me a message, but also take two minutes, write a review. It would mean the world. And then stay tuned. We raised a ton of money in honor of my son. Um, this year's goal is between three and $400,000. We're just working on our finalized budget and we do incredible work. You can find that at loveforlewiston.ca. And if I can leave you with anything is that if you, if you still have a beating heart and breath in your lungs, your story is far from being done. So just keep going one step, those 1% shifts, and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish.
cute. Oh my gosh. Well, on that note, thank you so very much. Grace and I, you know, we love what we do and it's because Mm -hmm. we get to be with women like you who inspire us and motivate us to continue pushing forward. And on that note, (laughs) to our listeners, thank you so much for being here. We want you to go away, um, hopefully inspired from Jess's incredible words. And we want you to take a page out of her inspiration book and think of three ways that you can move forward in your life until our next podcast. We want to hear from you. What are three things you can do to help move the dial forward for yourself and make some new power habits to feel successful and accomplished no matter what shitstorm is happening around you. So we'd love to hear from you. (laughs) And we can't wait to be back here on our next podcast in a couple of weeks. So until then, you can go find us at revolutionher.com. You can learn more about Jess's book in our shop. And as well, we have a great promotion for membership where you can get a copy for free if you would like. Thank you so much. And we will see you all soon. Bye.